You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, a little bit later we'll be talking with documentary producer James Fox, who is engaged in some fascinating projects. A lot to come there. And yes, we will ask him about the experience over at the Chasing UFOs show and have him answer your questions. That's later. Let's talk about things now. Now, as you know, listeners, a couple of weeks back, we featured this great debate between Kevin Randall and Scott Ramsey covering the alleged Aztec UFO crash. I say alleged, whether a UFO or anything, any kind of craft, crashed in Aztec, New Mexico in March of 1948. Now, one thing we didn't mention there, and I'd like to draw our listeners' attention to this. Kevin Randall has this blog called A Different Perspective at kevinrandall.blogspot.com, and we have always links for it over at thepowercast.com. And there's a three-part series there called Aztec in Perspective by Monty Shriver. Did you read that, Chris? You know, Gene, now that you mention it, no, I haven't. Okay, now let me tell you about Monty Shriver. He lived in Aztec. He grew up there, okay? He grew up there. And one thing you can tell us, because he was around in 1948, I guess a preteen. He was around 1948, and he certainly is not too old to remember his life. He has no memory, whatever, of anything untoward happening in or around Aztec in his youth in 1948. He doesn't know anybody who does. He went back to his 60th class reunion, and they couldn't remember it either. But what he did was read the book from Scott Ramsey with Suzanne Ramsey and Frank Warren and Dr. Frank Thayer, and also Bill Steinman's book on Aztec. And he kind of, sort of, Disproved a lot of it. Number one is he pointed out that Ramsey's descriptions of roads, what roads were available then and where they went and that kind of stuff, a lot of that information was wrong. Sometimes just slightly, sometimes completely Mm. wrong. Okay? The locations of bridges, also kind of wrong. Now, what bothers me is Frank Warren had a detailed rebuttal that he made over some of the aspects of Shriver's article, but Ramsey never issued a rebuttal of this thing. Mm. We're left back with a real serious problem here of the fact that we have an earth-shattering event, allegedly. Alleged. The crash of a strange flying object in Hart Canyon near Aztec, New Mexico. We have a town where, you know, it's like any small town in America. People know people, nothing happens that people don't know about. Maybe they won't talk about it in a mixed company, but if something like this happened, they'd know about it. Word gets around. Word would get around. The local newspaper would have some inkling of it. Maybe it was just a shopper, you know, a weekly thing with the local ads. But it would have local stories. Something like this is a national... Something like that. Come on. Oh, listen. uh, You know, the Durango papers, the Aztec paper, uh, Farmington, they'd all be there. And it would probably hit the news services if something really happened and and it came out. Okay, now one piece of physical evidence, alleged again, that Scott Ramsey produces is this concrete slab. What was it used for? 
Now, he's suggesting it was used to anchor the excavation equipment. But you can't prove that. I mean, it doesn't matter what it was used for. Can you prove it was used to excavate a flying saucer? That's the point. It's not what it could have been used for. It is, can you prove it was used for that purpose? And I don't think you can. The other thing is here, the size of the equipment... And this guy, Shriver, has an engineering background. The size of the equipment you'd need would overhang the road by like 13 feet in each direction. So imagine something that large, transported like that in a multiple convoy, dozens and dozens of feet long. You're telling me that happens and nobody in the entire town knows about it. Well, in that environment especially, because we're talking about semi-arid desert, there's not very, very many trees of loft, you know, high trees. And something like that would be impossible, for, especially for nearby ranches, to not spot going by. I mean, that's, that's huge. I don't know. I mean, yes, Scott Ramsey has found a couple of people who claim to have witnessed something. But that's not enough to hang an entire case on. It's going to require a lot more, and we have the one problem that Kevin Randall mentioned during the interview. Let's understand it. No, it's what I mentioned, and that is we don't have any information or or any inkling of something happening pre-Scully. And this is the problem. Now, if we look at debating points, who won that debate? Probably Ramsey, because he's been immersed in this case for 20 years. And Randall has read about it, but has not been immersed in the case for that long. I think Randall actually came out ahead. He just sounded defensive, so it, it seemed like he didn't. Well, he seemed to feel he did end up, as they say, a little bit less than Ramsey in terms of having everything on the table. But Ramsey also tried to bushwhack him with a couple of silly things like pronouncing somebody's name wrong, like Jabauer or something like that, which is ridiculous. whatever it is. I mean, that's the Jabauer, Jabauer, whatever the heck it is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the facts. Now, you know, I think at this point, unless or until Scott Ramsey can show us more than he has shown, I don't think there's anywhere to go with this case. I agree. I'm not saying that Ramsey's lying or anything else. I think the guy is sincere. I know a few people have attacked him. One person called him slippery as an eel in the way he handles the debate. So he's a smooth debater. Okay, that's fine. Let's look at the case. The evidence is not fair to sustain the conclusion that a strange flying object crashed in Aztec. I know Frank Warren will not like that. I know that Scott Ramsey will not like that, but I think the onus is on them to provide more evidence, if it exists. And I think after all these years, unless you find evidence of a craft being held at some kind of secret government base, where do you go with it? Where do you take it? I think this is the end of it. Yeah, so uh, onwards and upwards. Right. We'll have to ask E.T. E.T., did you have a problem with a flying saucer crashing in the New Mexican desert in 1948? Earthlings, be good. Well, you see, and we also have to wonder here about Roswell. Roswell, something happened, but I still think the evidence that it was extraterrestrial or something strange is not there yet. It could have been a flying saucer. It could also have been a test aircraft. That's not disproven. Or body snatchers in the desert. Exactly. Nick Redfern's theory. That's where you go about that. Well, we're going to have fun today with our guest. Oh, yes. Now, you met up with our guest in California just a few weeks ago. I did. 
I went out to uh, do an interview with a bunch of other really interesting folks, uh, including Ann Druffel, who had the original Polaroid shots for the Rex Heflin photographs, uh, which I found very fascinating. But uh, James is working with Tracy Torme, of course, who did the Fire in the Sky, Travis Walton movie, the show Sliders, was a executive story editor for Star Trek New Generation, blah, blah, blah. The two of them, powerhouses in any sort of ufological filmmaker sense, um, have dovetailed their efforts and partnered up for a new uh, feature film with the working title 701, which are the number of unexplained uh, Blue Book file cases. And uh, they've been working on interviewing people and doing all the research. Of course, Tracy, the great writer that he is, will be writing the uh, the narration. And James had the uh, distinct pleasure of spending over a week. Now, this boggles my mind. Uh, I, I must admire him for being able to hang that long. But he was out in the D.C. area, and he hung out with Ray Stanford for eight days. Ray and Stanford I, for eight days. That will take <laughs> us eight hours to discuss that on the show, and that's only part well, of it. Yes, imagine eight days with Ray Stanford. That's a show and a half unto itself. James Fox coming up next. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic any time. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. 
Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called MicroPlant Powder Gold. MicroPlant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make MicroPlant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Order today at 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org. I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. After my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. A few days ago, we heard the sad news that one of our fellow travelers in paranormal radio, Kevin Smith, had died, apparently of a heart condition. We send out our sympathies to his friends and his family. Back on the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we welcome back James Fox, who's a movie producer and documentarian, and he's responsible for this new film called 701. We subtitle it, The Number the Government Does Not Want You to Know, because these are the unsolved cases in Project Blue Book. James Fox, thank you for coming back on. Well, thanks for having me. All right. I guess we've got to ask this question. Let's get it finished first. Now, a lot of people were asking about one of your co-hosts, the female co-host on that show you did. But we'll get into that in a moment. Let's talk about the facts here. You get on a show called Chasing UFOs for National Geographic Channel, and you came on here and in other places, and you weren't too happy with the way things are, and then one of your co-hosts joined you in basically disparaging or attacking the show. So what happened there? Just kind of give us the Reader's Digest version because we covered a lot of this in the previous segment. Yeah, well, the ultimate realization of the project could not have been further from what was initially described to both me and Ben. You know, we detected uh, that it started to move in the wrong direction, and we were just essentially powerless to change it. And uh, it didn't even have a title for the first couple of months. 
And then they narrowed it down to, I think, three titles, and Ben and I were so opposed to the Chasing UFOs title. We were considering even, like, combining forces and just protesting. But, you know, uh, unfortunately, we sort of acquiesced. And then there was a lot of, you know, we we understand, like, you know, with television that, you know, it's primarily entertainment. So we were, both Ben and myself, were hoping that we could infuse some entertaining aspects and also get in some good pertinent information. But what ended up on the edit room floor was most of the good stuff and all the sort of hyperbole ended up on the screen, which we were completely and utterly disappointed about. So we spoke out, and uh, we spoke out rather early on. And, you know, I, I don't think that since that day that that, artic- that that article came out of what Ben and I really felt about the show, uh, I haven't spoken to the production, uh, the guy and head of the production company, after our initial conversation, I don't think I've talked to him since. Uh, this is Chris here, James, and welcome to the sh- back to the show. Uh, I must okay. say, it's the first time I have ever seen two principals, on-screen personalities, come out and question the editorial slant of uh, a show that is hasn't even been broadcast yet. Uh, I mean, literally, as that first show was broadcast, you and Ben were voicing publicly your your reservations about the approach. And uh, I must say, you know, I, I admire uh, that kind of, um, you know, just sheer integrity uh, that would allow you and Ben to do that. And, and I admire that. But I must say, and I, this is an aside, this is the first time I've ever heard of this happening ever on a, you know, a big budget show like that. Yeah, well, the uh, the uh, the officials, the execs at Nat Geo were were uh, less than pleased about the whole incident, and I actually wrote a very detailed uh, email to the execs as to why we spoke out, and with references to emails and what was initially sold to us, and all the I gave examples for each and every episode that we had seen, and why we were upset, and I remember when the you know, because the production company basically, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what what went down ultimately. Whether it was the production company that was keeping it in the dark, or whether it changed directions when there were some execs that had uh, left Nat Geo and some new execs came on board. So maybe they changed the entire concept of the show. I, I'm not. It's never been really clearly told to me, so I don't know. But you never know what goes on at the network level. One thing I must say, though, when I met you out in L.A. We were standing in the lobby of the hotel, and who did we happen upon but Aaron, the other, the third, uh, you know, principal in in the show? And you whispered to me this, this that had been the first time you had talked to her since the the show aired, and or yeah. went out of production. Yeah. Well, we did actually, some, we did some promotional stuff. I'm not sure the exact. Yeah, if it was right afterwards, it probably right. Afterwards. But that, I found that very interesting that we should just be standing there, and all of a sudden we look over and guess who's there? Yeah, that was that was a real weird coincidence, wasn't it? And she was also one of the executive producers on the show. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. She was a show. She was a showrunner. Yeah. Right. She she was the field producer, basically. Yeah, they're basically the person that you know, and that's a it's a difficult thing to do to both appear and run the show. Oh, yeah, she, it's Im- impossible. But she's a I can tell she's got a game face, big time, and uh, and she seemed uh, very congenial and. Didn't I didn't detect any sort of animosity or anything from her? She seemed very sweet. 
Well, yeah, you know, she was involved with one of the owners of the production company, and um, after that show, at some point during the show, I think they, they separated, and, and uh, I got the impression, though I don't know for sure, that, that it was uh, not a very amicable separation. So I don't know ultimately what, what level of her involvement was with the, with the show or whether she was, I, I don't know. Interesting. Well, she seemed she seemed very very gracious and very nice, and it was it was really a pleasure meeting her. How many shows were actually finally aired? Six. Eight, eight shows. Eight, eight shows were aired. Okay, and uh, there was never any talk about revamping the show, possibly coming out with a with a, a second season or anything like that. Well, you know, I think that <laughs> there was a lot of things going on internally. One of which was. Yeah, I, I guess I'm at liberty to say this, but but you know Ben has an incredible way of articulating his thoughts, and and uh, he essentially, uh, for the most part, kind of refused to go uh, <laughs> on any media, you know, do any interviews with further comments about you know how he felt about the show, and then he added a little caveat, and he's like, and I'm not even sure, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but I I thought, wow, that was really beautifully executed. Something about I'm not even sure of any future involvement with my at, at this point with me anyway. In other words, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to that show. And he said that to the execs very early on. <laughs> so they kind of like kept him out of the limelight, but he, he did it in a very diplomatic way. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, you know you live and learn. And I was warned going into it uh, that these things happen, and I thought that it would be different, and I was wrong. All right. So the point is here: there will never be a second season of Chasing UFOs, right? You know, I think that I think the execs realized that it was extremely unlikely that we would even participate. And then I wrote a very detailed email, which I never had a response to, to the execs, explaining my position and why I spoke out, and gave yeah, plenty that, of, James, of, of examples. Yeah, the huge budget for the show, right? I mean, that was a, a big budget. No, show. I, that was one of the things that that bothered me more than anything else. Is that you know, from someone who's done documentaries independently and known you know what it what it takes. And, you know, the amount of money that was spent on that show and what I could have done with that money, you know, I mean, my God, it could have been a really incredible opportunity. And I thought that Nat Geo would have a bit more integrity. But ultimately, you know, they're just interested in selling advertising space and what sells is, you know, you look at some of the shows that are doing extremely well. Uh, their ratings, and you just think, my God, you know, wow. <laughs> hey, it's the great American uh, public. Uh, the American public is eaten up, then boy, I'm in the wrong field. I'm going to ask you a few more questions before we go into your current project, but we have James Fox joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Web 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. There are those curious about Bitcoins and those using and making money with Bitcoins. What are Bitcoins? A Bitcoin is the first decentralized currency that can be easily transferred from person to person over the Internet. No bank needed. This means lower fees and accounts can never be frozen, limited or closed. You are in control of your money. And the best part? You can start earning and making money with Bitcoins right away. No computer or expertise is required to earn money with Bitcoins, and a growing number of merchants now accept Bitcoins. Plus, they're easily exchanged for dollars, euros, and more. Learn more about the easiest, cheapest, most profitable way to enter the Bitcoin market and get paid every two weeks by one of the fastest-growing Bitcoin miners in the world at cloudhashing.com. Just like it sounds, cloudhashing.com. That's cloudhashing.com. We mine your business. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy. So you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Summertime is sale time at Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big and stock up at HerbalHealer.com. New customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's summer specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, Colon Enhancer, Sea Cucumber, Super Fam and Super Male Plex, plus Glucosamine Chondroitin, our best-selling liquid CalMag Vitamin D, and our colloidal minerals, all on sale for summer at HerbalHealer.com and Herbal Healer also offers certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education. Since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, James Fox, motion picture, documentary producer, director, and star. Now, the other question I have of you, James, and this is obviously something that 
you've probably considered. Having spoken out against the production, Chasing UFOs, does that make it more difficult for you to get other projects? Uh, certainly in the industry, in that particular industry, you know, I mean, I've worked independently most of my life, so I've never had to worry about those types of things. But in terms of, like, getting another gig like that, I think I would be looked at as a as a liability. So probably yes. <laughs> or at least if they you know, come you, you, back to you, they make it very clear what the ground rules are at the beginning and provide something that at least is favorable. Now, understand here, based on what you told me, I don't want to get into details, even though they apparently had a big budget for this, the talent didn't get a lot of money from this project. No, uh, so that's a whole other issue. If you look at the percentage of, of what was spent on each episode, as to what it was not commensurate with our, our contribution, in my opinion, by a long shot. I mean, I, I would guess to say it's somewhere in the realm of 350000 per episode, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. I'm not entirely sure. Then you've got all the budget that was spent on promotional. I mean, they must have, I don't even know how much they spent on promotion. I mean, it must have been a lot. You, you can't help but think, boy, what I could do with these kind of funds. So much for commercial it, TV. But other people attacked other UFO documentary shows, like, for example, UFO Hunters. That was the one Bill Burns was involved in. And it had some interesting parts, but sometimes they overlooked less than favorable details about some cases to make it look better. And they took Chris, for example, and they interviewed him, and suddenly they miraculously transported everything he was talking about from where? New Mexico to Arizona. I think there's a terminology in the production world for that, Frankenbites. And that happened, and I noticed because I one of the clauses I at the last minute I put in the I put in the contract was that I would have oversight of some of the content that I brought to the table. Okay. Oh, now that didn't mean that they it signed, would give me. They signed that. Well, it was only the interviews the people that I brought to the table, right? And I noticed on I think uh, one of the second or third episodes, and they wouldn't show me the whole thing. They would show me just snippets, just the tiny snippets. And I noticed someone saying something that, that was Franken-bit. They just edited him to saying, make it look like he's saying one thing. And I just put my foot down. I was like, what the hell is this? And they all passed it around. Oh, that must have been the previous editor that we fired, and that was an oversight. And then I said, well, somebody has to be held accountable for this. This wow. is making someone say something they didn't say. And that's so unacceptable. What are you guys thinking? You know, especially with my name on this thing. And I raised, I raised hell about it. And... Um, but, you know, you can't catch all these things, and then you, you, you're kept out of the loop in, in, in the edit room for the most part, and it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And, you know, who That's knows why what you're an independent film forth. producer so, and director, so you can do your own projects and, and, and stand behind the content. And I should point out here that cropping or editing or putting words in people's mouths, it's not just in reality shows. In the mainstream media, there have been a few notorious cases where they'll take somebody's words and they will telegraph them. Somebody says something, and all the stuff around it that explains what that means is removed so they can change the meaning and have it mean something totally different. It's not unusual. It's really, really, it's diabolical, in my opinion. I mean, it's absolutely, you know, it just makes you realize they don't, they're not concerned at all about accuracy of content. It's just, does it fit into their little storyline, and does it, no regard for accuracy or, or integ no integrity for the witnesses. It's really unfortunate, really, really unfortunate. It seems like it's getting even worse. So, 
Well, well, the one thing that, that really stuck out to me is when you guys are going out searching for physical evidence, you're doing it in three inches of water with lipstick cams in your face at night. That, to me, it, it just, from that first episode on, it was totally trash. And the other thing was the great footage that you got of that weird circulating light in the sky, in the clouds, which looked to me to be real footage, and we never heard anything about it again. Oh, I could give you case after case after case of, of every single episode of, you know, no further analysis. I mean, I'll give you one one point right now, which just guts me to talk about, but, you know, when um, uh, Travis Walton agreed to do the show, he only did it because of me, and he said, okay, well, I, I'll do it, and I'll take you guys to the site, provided that you um, do analysis work on these uh, anomalous tree ring growths at the epicenter of where I saw the craft. And um, there was clearly something anomalous or something that caused these, you know, trees in that immediate area to grow a lot faster. And you can clearly see that by this, uh, you know, the, the tree ring growth. And he's like, I just want to know further analysis work on this. And that's, you know, and then everyone agreed that was going to happen. And then nothing ever happened with that in post. It's like they just, like, you know, mentioned it briefly and then didn't do any follow-up analysis work. Zero, nada, nothing. Uh, and I could give you case after case for every single episode where that happened. I mean, Frank Kimbler, okay, New Mexico geologist, he found what might possibly be debris from whatever it was that crashed at Roswell. Pretty significant thing, don't you think? And preliminary analysis came back on some of the bits of metal that he had in his possession of uh, the magnesium isotopes being possibly, not definitively, possibly outside of what's found on Earth, but he needed further analysis that he couldn't afford to do. And I can't remember specto, uh, I don't know the exact terminology, I have to look up in my notes, but we found a lab in Los Angeles that was agreeing, that would agree to do that, and for free, provided, you know, they just, we, we plugged their, uh, their company, which was, I mean, God, no-brainer, right? Well, all Frank Kimmler wanted was to be able to personally hand over this debris to the lab, which is, just requires a flight, okay? And from, yeah, and it, you document it, your evidence chain. That's, that's yeah, huge. From New it's Mexico, really important. It's total reasonable request. And I kept getting mixed stories from the production company, and then Frank would call me. Of course, I'm in touch with Frank, and I'm going, Frank's like, well, that's not what's happening at all. I told him that I was gladly willing to hand this stuff over. I just wanted to do it in person. So all I, I basically needed was approval to get him uh, an airline. He's like, I'll even take yeah, care like of my own. like a $200 round-trip flight. Yeah, ridiculous, right? Couldn't get them to do it. So the very reason that he participated in our show was to have further analysis done on his bits of metal. That's what he wanted. And we, didn't, and we said we'd do it, and we didn't do it. And I could give you case after case. I mean, it was just absurd, like, like absurd. So frustrating. So, well, is there any hope for broadcast television in all the cable channels covering, uh, you know, paranormal subjects in general, but UFOs in particular? Is there any hope for them to do it correctly? I don't think they care. Yeah, I just don't think that the executives care one way or the other at all whether or not you know uh, there's any uh, real evidence or any analysis that would prove one way or the other. It's just entertainment, the bottom line. Yeah, they're, so. filling, they're filling spaces in between commercial blocks. Exactly. So incredibly frustrating, you guys. And I, I can go on. I mean, what can I say? I, I went on board 
with a lot of people telling me that, you know, we didn't even know we were going to do the night investigation, so we got out in the field, and Ben and I were looking at each other going, uh, scratching our heads like, you want us to what? Oh, well, you know, it's just a small section of the thing, and people really <laughs> like, you know, from the comfort of their couches to look oh, at people out of We kind of play, you know, i got to be honest, we played along with it, you know, thinking it would be a very small element of the piece, and maybe once or twice it actually made sense, but 99% of the time it didn't make any sense at all. And uh, it was very frustrating for both Ben and I, you know. And, you know. Well, well that, that leads me to a question, James, from uh, forum.theparacast.com, where we post uh, a thread for our forum uh, participants to go ahead and fire off some questions. And uh, <laughs> we, have, we have a couple of really interesting ones uh, regarding chasing UFOs. I'll tell you and what, Chris, we are going to be out of time in about 20 seconds. So let's leave that as the cliffhanger that we have a number of questions from our listeners at forum.theparacast.com in the question bank of our guest, James Fox. He's involved with Tracy Torme in this new film, 701, that we'll talk about once we get the chasing UFO stuff out of the way. How about that, neighbors? With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at webtv.net. That's MrUFO at webtv.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. You've thought about it for years. Well, the time is now. You need a secret bunker, and you need it deep and strong. Atlas Survival Shelters should be your first and only choice. The experts at Atlas can help you choose a shelter that has all the comforts of your home and is 11 times stronger than square box shelters. Call Atlas at 1-855-4BUNKERS. 1-855-4BUNKERS. Or visit IWantThatBunker.com. Atlas Survival Shelters. Better prepared than scared. Ceramic body armor is rated to stop six hits. But what about the seventh? Unlike ceramic or Kevlar, Infidel body armor is proven to take hit after hit, and it just won't quit. Reasonably priced and designed for the smart civilian prepper, Infidel stops hundreds of hits from small arms to high-powered rifles. That means safety and peace of mind. Buy yours at InfidelBodyArmor.com. Spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L BodyArmor.com. Infidel body armor just won't quit. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. 
Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes, revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made Vapriate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. We're happy to have James Fox back. As you see, he doesn't pull any punches. Not at all. He tells you what he thinks. And Chris and I noted to our listeners only hours before this episode was being recorded that James Fox would be here on this episode, and we got hit with a number of questions. Chris. We did. Okay, this one, uh, James, comes from uh, Gogs Mackay, who's our one of our uh, forum moderators. And he wants to know, what do you think of Stan Romanek now that you've met him? And specifically, do you think the Boo Alien at the Window video is legit? And I must say, uh, they kind of punked you on this whole deal. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, it's really funny because, you, you, you know, you, you, first of all, you forget a lot of times, you're, you know, that you're being recorded from every possible angle, and uh, you know it's, it's it's late at night, middle of the night, and you're thinking to the, in the back of your mind, you know your rational side is like, you know, this is most probably not, you know, any authenticity to you know one way or the other, and I don't want to, you know, comment. Uh, well, anyway, let's just put it this way: in the back of my mind, there's a there's a little what if, and when I first saw one of the now, granted, I'm I'm looking at about five six different monitors and you know you're seeing some of them in your peripheral vision and I'm and I see what I see something and my brain just kind of deleted it and ignored it and then a beat later it happened again and this time I got both eyes on it and I clearly saw on one of the surveillance black and white monitors what looked rather similar to what I'd seen with Stan Romanek and no one had told me they were going to I mean, I didn't have any indication at all that I was going to be punked on this thing. I really didn't. And I couldn't get in touch with anybody else. And I saw it, and it's funny, because the only thing my brain had to relate to it 
was what I'd seen with Stan Romanek. So my brain kind of filled in the blanks, and I actually thought that I'd seen articulated eyes or something move. And, and uh, you know, my initial reaction was, come on, man, someone's got to be messing with me. But I couldn't get in touch with anyone, and I thought I definitely saw something. What on earth could that have possibly been, you know? And, well, uh, so well, I think that's a perfect, a perfect illustration of witness bias. Our minds do fill in the blanks when we are, you know, when we're put face to face with something inexplicable in our minds. We we tend to fill in the blanks. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not surprised at all that 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 happened. What do you think of Romanek, though? I mean, you you got a chance to spend some time with him, and I'm going to be spending the weekend with him actually, uh, just kind of by coincidence. Well, what do you think of his uh, case? Have you looked into it? Uh, the the mathematical formula and some of the weird uh, claims that he's made about you know replacing the siding on his house and just just some bizarre stuff. What do you think? Well, let's see. Going back to the, uh, I'm 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 suspicious of the alien in the window video. Um. My gut tells me that either someone was playing a practical joke on him. Um, there are elements of his story that I have no doubt that he sincerely believes are true. And there are some inexplicable or seemingly inexplicable events that have uh, occurred to him that I am convinced that he believes is sincere and, and happened. Having said that, you know, it's like I did Out of the Blue, and there's a guy named James Oberg who discounted the entire film because I screwed up on a date with Mercury astronaut Gordon Cooper, basically saying, look, if James can't get this right, he clearly didn't get anything else right, and dismissed the rest of the film based okay. on what I screwed up on. That's typical for James Oberg, so let's not go further yeah. than that. So whether or not there are any elements there relating to Stan's case or not, uh, I, I just, you know, I, I haven't looked into it enough to, to say definitively one way or the other. But, I, you know, having met him, he seems like a sincere guy that really believes something that's truly inexplicable is going down. Um, but I, I just don't know enough about the case to make uh, an educated comment one way or the other. Well, looking at his response during the initial stages of that footage when the alien pops up in the window, it looks like, uh, I mean, he he must be a really good actor in, in order to feign that kind of surprise. I mean, it, it looked real legit in terms of but what was going on inside pretty, the room. You saw what somebody did to me, and my response looked pretty legit, didn't it? Right, right. So, you know, it's just interesting how the observer effect uh, can go, you know, <laughs> a long way in this realm. So you think your you know, jury's out, basically, in your mind. Yeah, uh, yeah I, you know, the thing is, it's hard to comment on something like that. I like Stan as a person. He seems like a really nice guy, and his family's been nothing but sweet and caring and all the rest of it. And I just I just don't know enough about it. You know, I just All I can say is that the alien in the window, just there's something about it that just seems a little off to me, and I can't quite pinpoint yeah. it. I can't make an educated comment on it. Well, here's another 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 uh, question from uh, Gogs Mackay. He he asked, uh, "Do you have an explanation of how has such huge cases, such as Stevensville, can happen and yet not be taken seriously by major media?" You met with some really uh, compelling witnesses down there, and uh, I was very very taken with. Uh, I mean, what what I observed to be real sincerity. These people actually had uh, highly 
unusual, unexplained experiences with objects uh, flying over, and uh, particularly at that uh, that kind of town meeting that you had, I was really taken by the sincerity there. What what do you think about that? Why hasn't that case blown up in the media like it should? Well, you know, it's interesting because one of the aspects of that case that's never seen the light of day was a personal experience I had while in Stephenville. I think it was the third or fourth time I was there. And I was shooting down by the town hall. And after I did a, a little shoot with Sorrels, um, Ricky Sorrels, this gentleman walked up to me, opened up his wallet, and flashed his badge. He said, I'm Officer so-and-so, and I'd like to have a word with you for a minute. I thought, oh, boy, what did I, you know, what did I do wrong here? And he pulls me aside. I tell people on the set that we're working there. I said, hey, I'll be right back. And he and I go to a little cafe down the street. And he says, I want you to know that you're on the right path. He said, I'm a police officer in the area. And there were five other, I think either four or five other police officers in the area that saw that thing. Ricky is telling the truth. I can tell you right now, we all saw it. We not only saw it, he said it was so low and so huge I took out my radar gun and I zapped it with my radar gun and determined the speed was at 22 miles an hour. And he said it, he described it as being the size of either one or two department stores. Absolutely huge and uh, very slow, very low. He said that they got one of the officers used his car cam and pointed it up into the sky through the windscreen and actually videotaped it and that that videotape was brought back to the station, and then they were notified, I guess, by the local uh, military base there, and they took that footage, and then they were all told not to ever talk about it. He said, I can never go on the record with this, James, but I just wanted you to know that you're on the right path, and that really did happen. That's really compelling, and it may dovetail into, into my next observation, which is, Supposedly, some of these overflights uh, violated secured airspace over uh, the Crawford Ranch that uh, the W. Bush had down there. Well, you know, when you, when you have that kind of personal confirmation, and I've had it on a number of cases, and the guy doesn't want any money, he doesn't want any notoriety, he doesn't want his name used, he doesn't want to be referenced, he doesn't want to go on camera, he just wants me to know that I'm on the right path. You know, you kind of have to ask yourself, why on earth would this police officer pull me aside to tell me that? Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'll give you another example. I was investigating the Virginia case. I think it was, what, 1996 in Virginia, Brazil. And I got the opportunity to meet with a general, General uh, Jose Pereira, Jose Carlos Pereira, I think was his name. He was very tight-lipped about the Virginia case, he just pretty much gave a big no comment. He's like, I'm at the Air Force, that was an Army affair. On camera, he, was, wouldn't, he wouldn't go into it. He talked about other significant cases that occurred in Brazil, but he wouldn't go into that one. And, and after the interview, we did it in a hangar in Sao Paulo Airport, and it was about a five to ten minute walk back to the parking lot where this general's car was waiting for him. So I grabbed the translator, and I walked back to the car with this general. No cameras rolling, just the translator and myself. And the translator said, told the general, you know, the general knew who, kind of who I was based on what the translator had told him. And I looked him dead in the eyes and I said, please, general, tell me about the Virginia case. You know, and I looked him right in the eyes and he patted me on the shoulder as he got into the back of his car and he said it happened. And he got in his car and off he went. Now, 
I couldn't even use that in a documentary film, but the, having experienced it and having looked into this general's eyes and that little trend, you know, just that little validation. Um, and then after having met the witnesses, but a lot of this stuff clearly couldn't be used in any of the document. You know what I mean? I do. And we'll continue with this discussion in our next segment. We have James Fox joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. There's a huge and hushed up conspiracy going on that's about to turn your lives upside down in the coming few months. Unbelievably, the media are keeping quiet about this. I'm sure they know it, but they probably know that revealing it on TV will generate mass hysteria and chaos. But I believe you should be informed about it, because when the sinister agenda is finally accomplished and everything unravels, only those who know this secret info will survive and thrive. Go to 123conspiracy.com right now to see the truth. The video at 123conspiracy.com reveals the real secret reason why Obama is after your guns and ammo. And it's not just in response to mass murders of preparing for war. It's something much darker. Go watch the video now at 123conspiracy.com before they shut it down. Again, that's 123conspiracy.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we have James Fox, motion picture producer, director, specializing in documentaries, working on a project called 701 with Tracy Torme and others. And right now, we were focusing on Virginia, right? Yes, yeah. I was just talking about little personal confirmations that I've had with certain things, you know. And it really kind of keeps me going. And some of the validations that I've had I can't even, you know, use in any of my films. But I've had them in Russia, and I've had them in South America, and I've had them in, you know, America. I've had them in England. And it's just, you know, you're kind of off the record when you've got a high-ranking officer or a police officer, or someone who worked at MOD, or whoever it might be, off the record telling you these things, it really kind of keeps you going. 
Well, we've got a bunch of stuff to keep us going here uh, in this week's episode of the Paracast. And I, I just, you know, I've been waiting here, just biting my knuckle for the chance to ask you about the eight days that you spent with Ray Stanford in Maryland, including several trips to the National Archives, um, some of which what you discovered, we, I, I don't think we should talk about uh, now, but it's just, it's just bombshell stuff. What do you, what did you think of Ray? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. Ray 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 did not. He was not at all keen on going to the National Archives with me, and he kept saying, "It's been sanitized. We're not going to get anything new. If it was anything good that was there, we you know we'd know about it. Some previous researcher would have found it." And I said, "Ray, if anyone could find." what we're looking for is going to be you. And I just had this gut feeling. And boy, and I, were I you really, right. I said, talk about a close attention to detail. That guy has a way of seeing things that are in plain sight, but overlooked by everybody else. And I know that Ray has gotten a lot of flack over the years for certain aspects of certain claims in his book. Well, I can tell you right now, I can't reveal exactly what, but I can tell you that there was a validation from a document in the National Archives, which we clearly we, we scanned and took with us, that brought a tear to Ray's eyes, that will settle something once and for oh, all. and big raise- time. Huge, huge, huge thing. But, 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 but just in general... I mean, uh, when I met met up with you, and uh, you know, for the uh, you and Tracy are having all those folks out to interview in L.A. Uh, a month or so ago, you mentioned that you were going to cover the Socorro case, of course, the famous Lonnie Zamora case of '65, which Ray was on site within a couple of days and wrote a whole book about it. And you mentioned you wanted to cover that case, and I, I said, "Well, James, uh, are you going to talk to Ray Stanford?" And, and you said, "Ray, who?" Basically, and. Uh, and I, I said, you got to give this guy a call. And you really stuck with it. You gave him a call. You had to go out to the D.C. area anyway. So you were able to go out there. And um, it's like the guest that uh, arrived and uh, didn't want to leave for a week. Uh, I mean, you were there back and forth uh, once or twice. But you spent eight days I was with there him. For, I, think, I think I was there the better part of 10 days. Yeah, I took a couple yeah well, off. pretty much, eight to 10 days. Well, I mean, you got the full Ray Monty. Everybody on the Paracast kind of, you know, when they hear Ray Stanford, they roll their eyes and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, Chris has obviously uh, drank the, the Ray Kool-Aid. He's genuflect at the, you know, the, the Ray Stanford fan club and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I get a lot of disparaging remarks about my, my absolute conviction that this guy is the most important person in ufology. What did you think? I have never met anyone with an attention to detail in my entire life like Ray Stanford. And just give one, one I'll, I'll tell you one thing with the Socorro, New Mexico case. Any controversy that I've ever heard regarding any claims or any details in his book were quickly um, explained so thoroughly and so unequivocally uh, with all the evidence and the letters and the photographs and the original. I mean, the guy has kept the most Physical detailed, evidence. Yeah, evidence that I've ever seen on any case other than the only place you might find something better, or maybe you wouldn't, would be the archives uh, in the Pentagon. <laughs> I mean, he kept the, he kept the, the rock 
where the landing gear hit. He kept the bits of paper from scorched paper from the landing site. He kept letters from, you know, what, what, Lonnie Zamora was very kind of tight-lipped, I guess, you know, even with his own family. Well, Ray's got letters from Lonnie Zamora's daughter, which he kept from 1981 and even more recent stuff. He's got correspondence with Richard T. Holder's kids regarding the incident and regarding other aspects of the case that nobody else really knows about. Right, the and Army I think a lot investigation. Of, everybody thinks the Air Force investigated the case, but the Army is holding on to most yeah, of the Yeah, the Army is on. holding on to it, and there were a lot of other agencies that were there as well that were investigating the case. That, what did you, know, you think of the uh, photographs? Uh, the one of him taking a picture of J. Allen Hynek taking a photograph, and Hynek's picture, which Ray also has, that was taken within a, a second of Ray's picture, they both show what? They both show these anomalous objects in the sky. And it's, 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 uh, it was quite remarkable that not only did his photograph that he took of Hynek taking a photograph in the same direction from the backside of Hynek, but Hynek's photograph, which I believe is in the archives, uh, is there as well. And, and there are photographs in the archives of Ray Stanford at the landing site within a couple of days of the incident. And I don't think it, I think it, Ray had kind of overlooked that until he got the higher resolution version of both photographs of these anomalous objects in the air right around uh, the landing site within, I think, three days. But that's just the right. tip well, of the iceberg. It was when they were both just, there, three days afterwards. And he didn't recognize that there were objects there, as you're saying, until a, a, a few years ago. I think it was about five or six years ago. When he, when he finally was able to digitize the, the image and blow it up, and then he found an, the anomalous object, he got access, or I think he was sent Hynek's original stereo, one side of a stereo camera uh, photograph, which you're referring to, and then he, he observed that, blew it up, and uh, the same anomalous objects are in two separate photographs from two different analog cameras. Absolutely remarkable. And then not only that, but, you know, there was... Uh, I'm not a physicist or a scientist, but Ray had the most plausible explanation I've ever heard, along with evidence, photographic and film evidence, of the possible methods these objects use to zip around in the sky without creating a sonic boom, doing right-angle turns at high speed. Those explanations were validated with other things I think that NASA was discovering around the time that... Um, I don't even know how to describe it. Is it is it like a uh, somehow electrifying the atmosphere around them that causes a little vacuum that opens up and well, allows these things? It's the air spike that was patented by Leek Mirabeau from Rensselaer Tech. Right. Um, Thank the you. Story, yeah. The story was written about in Chris Lambright's book X, X Descending, uh, but Leek Mirabeau found out the information by observing. Ray's presentation, and he all of a sudden realized, hey, these objects are, are, are shooting a beam of plasma ahead of it, which is like the bow of a ship. It creates the atmosphere going around the object, uh, negating the sonic boom, which he went on and patented. It was, it, it, you know, I, I told Ray, I said, I'll never look at these things through the same uh, filter after having, you know, and I just got the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I spent you know, the better part of eight or ten days with, with Ray, and uh, he just, you know, he's he has spent thousands of hours analyzing these things, and he's a scientist. You know, he's a very scientific 
and it was just it was uh it was incredible it was an incredible experience it was incredible to with the level of scrutiny that Ray gives things and I think that people that are easily can criticize need to sort of step back and put their judgment aside and review some of the evidence that he has because I think it was, it was quite phenomenal. So much more to talk about. We have James Fox, and he's part of this new project called 701. The number of sightings listed is unidentified in Project Blue Book, but there are probably thousands that can't be explained. So maybe he has to do a sequel movie called 7001 or 700001. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Gold. If you listen to the radio, watch TV, or surf the net, you're hearing about gold. Eventually you will ask yourself, is gold right for me? The answer might surprise you. We protect ourselves and our families from many things. Do you have medical insurance? Is your home insured? Do you carry life insurance? How about financial insurance? If you own gold, then the answer is yes. If you don't own gold, the question is, why don't you have financial insurance? We put our faith in things we trust. Do you trust the dollar? Do you trust the economy? Do you trust the government? Gold has always been something you can trust. For thousands of years, people have put their faith in gold. Where will you put your faith? Now is the time to protect yourself and your family. Call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. And ask for Jim Parker. Let me help you get started today. 1-800-686-2237, extension 242. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world and we're hiring right now we offer benefits and an excellent commission structure experience preferred but we'll train the right person is that you submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com again that's advertise at gcnlive.com come work with the genesis communications network and equal opportunity employer 
great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast with James Fox, who spent eight very fascinating days with Ray Stanford, who wrote a book, of course, about the Sicaro, New Mexico case. And those of us who have heard and worked with Ray Stanford on the Paracast during his appearances here, James Fox, I have to ask you a question. Okay, during those eight days, were you able to have a chance to utter even a sentence or two? Because he talks up a storm. Well, he he is a walking encyclopedia, no question about it. It's it's a, it's amazing how with a photograph of names, dates that he remembers. But I did. I have to take credit here. I did get a couple words in enough to drag him to the National Archives, break him away from his you know home environment, and I'd say we we spent several days at the National Archives uncovering some amazing aspects to the whole case, but. He definitely can talk. He's got a lot. He's got a lot to say. Now, looking at Sicaro, I gather from what you're saying, James, without going into every exquisite detail, that he has a lot more information than he published in that book. Yes, absolutely. And there's things that keep coming. The more information that keeps coming, he had a video that he showed me, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not. Gosh, I don't know what I can say. But let's just say he had a video. Uh, of a sit-down interview that he did with Dr. J. Allen Hynek in the 70s that I don't think has ever seen the light of day that reveals aspects uh, that reinforces his book and reveals aspects of, of his book and the case that a lot of people don't know about, Hynek's endorsement of his, of his work and what he accomplished that the Air Force did not. And, he, and Hynek even gives the impression that, the, that his hands were tied on a number of cases, on a number of incidences of that case, one of which I think involved the occupants that were seen. I, I, I tell you right now, anyone that has any doubt of any information presented in that book spends any time with Ray Stanford, that that doubt will be quick, quickly uh, gone. <laughs> I was going to ask here, James, did you at all bring up with Ray Stanford that article from a fellow who says 
it was possibly a hoax by college students? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. He, he addressed that. I think that's one of the reasons why Ray came out um, from hiding with the whole. Okay, I think he he literally said I had to step in and squash that whole thing immediately. You know, and and that's it's just a joke. I mean, that's just it's not even worth even wasting any words on that on that whole. Uh, theory, because it couldn't be further from the truth, and anyone who spends even five minutes with some of the evidence uh, will quickly dismiss that. I mean, it's just absolute hogwash. Now, I should mention, in all fairness, we've invited Tony Bergaglia, who wrote that article, to come on the Paracast, and he's given us many reasons why he can't, but the point being that he has not accepted that invitation, so there you go. Well, I'm... Uh, Hey, I'd I wouldn't like want to debate Ray on that. I wouldn't want to debate Ray on Socorro. No way. Absolutely not. Ray's got every every letter, every document, every things that even have aspects of the case that haven't even seen the light of day, and he's kept everything. I've never seen anyone keep such meticulous records. He can well, back and up also the, the vitrified rock uh, where the quartz crystals have been melted into into glass. I mean, from from the actual ground where the uh, engine fired up and and the the flame instead of bouncing off the ground sliced directly into the earth when it took off and when it when it went to hover and then took off. Ray collected samples of the the rock and the quartz crystals within those uh, you know in situ in the matrix. Uh, are vitrified and and melted. Yeah, I can't. I, I looked at all the paper and the rock, and then the diagrams. I mean, I've got from the National Archives. We've got. I mean, this is just amazing, you guys, because I'm looking at documents from Richard T. Holder's investigation. He was on the site within an hour and a half, and it's it's got diagrams written on the landing gear. Footprints in the soft sand from the alleged occupants. Letters from you know, mentioning the top secret nature of this case. References from Wright-Patterson Air Force, you know, uh, Foreign Technology Division, making inquiries with every known agency that could have been remotely responsible for that craft, all of which responding, that's definitely not ours. Clearly, in the National Archives, clearly, the Air Force was scrambling to come up with a prosaic explanation of this case and couldn't and never could. So anyone who says, you know, anything, I mean, obviously we can't definitively say what it was, but you can damn well say what it wasn't. And all the evidence points to the fact that it, it was not of Earth origin. Well, okay, so let's go into that one thing, and we can always argue the point of origin. But what makes you think, based on what you saw, all the time you spent with Ray Stanford, that it was not of Earth origin. Well, I mean, you've got the Dr. Jalen Hynek's comments. You've got Richard T. Holder's comments. You've got all the letter of correspondence between Foreign Technology Desk. Uh, you've got clearly in, there were inquiries being made from the Office of the President, members of Congress, the media. You've got the Air Force scrambling to come up with an explanation, a prosaic earthly explanation. They clearly couldn't. You've got the whole paper trail documenting that. You've got the footprints in the ground. You've got the vitrified rock from the takeoff. You've got uh, the... Well, the uh, metal the, samples that were stolen at Goddard Space metal, Flight Center. The metal samples stolen from the Space Flight Center. You've got that whole paper trail. Um, it, it's just... 
the evidence is overwhelming. I mean, it's it's, it's uh, and then you've got all the other witnesses in town. I think there's. I, I want to take a guess. I think it's six or twelve other witnesses, some of whom went on the record that saw this egg-shaped craft and right, very, or heard very booms or, or uh, actually uh, filed uh, statements with with uh, investigators. Yeah, and there are articles that I have references to uh, that we found in the National Archives talking about the other witnesses that, of course, the Air Force neglected to mention. Um, okay, well, well James, uh, Socorro is one of a number of cases that you're going to highlight in your new film that you're partnered up with Tracy Torme in producing. The working title is 701, uh, those cases that Project Blue Book didn't want to tell you about. Why don't you give us a quick uh, thumbnail sketch, uh, sort of where, you know, what, what the project is, the, the, the film, and, and also where you're at in the process. And before he does that, let's just point out that we're going to have to break in a couple of moments. So I do want to just tell our listeners that when we have a guest scheduled and we try to do it before it's too late, and that is we put up a topic or thread in our forums at forum.theparacast.com, forum.theparacast.com, under a place called The Question Bank. And that way you can ask questions of our guests. And unlike the shows that take phone calls, this way you could sit there, phrase it the way you want. You don't have to worry about how do you sound on the air, and you can ask your question. And we try to get most of them in during the show. James Fox joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com it's hurricane and wildfire season again. Why do thousands of people sit in these reoccurring problem areas year after year, betting their lives that the disaster won't get them? Hundreds of you helped eFoods Direct ship 50,000 donated meals to the Oklahoma victims. The problem is we can't help everybody. If every one of us who can will take care of ourselves, we can all pitch in to take care of those who really can't. The new just-in-case pack from eFoods Direct is the big brother to the seven-day emergency pack designed for Oklahoma disaster donations. It contains a two-month supply for one person, or a one-month supply for two adults, or a two-week supply for a family of four. The $320 price is $50 less than retail. Call 800-409-5633 on the web eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Order two or more, get 10% off, free shipping applies. Call 800-409-5633 on the web eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. 
For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Amino acids have to be delivered to your body in the shape that nature gave them if they are to be used to create new proteins in your body. Just like a bricklayer cannot use bent or twisted bricks to build a brick wall, so too your body cannot use bent or twisted amino acids to build new proteins. Giving your body an undamaged amino acid food can make a huge difference in your health. One World Way is an undamaged amino acid food unlike any other. You see, heating bends and twists amino acids, and all whey protein powders we've investigated and most proteins you consume are heated. With our True Cool process, you now have a choice with One World Way. My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years old. When I started using One World Way, I weighed 228 pounds. Now, after two and a half months, I weigh 182 pounds. This is my ideal weight. I've noticed an increase in stamina, rate of recovery from workouts, and an increase in my potency. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So we have James Fox joining Gene and Chris in the Paracast. Before we broke, Chris asked a question of James Fox. Would you like to follow up? Yeah, 701. Tell us about the movie project. Well, you know, when I finished Out of the Blue, I did a revised version of Out of the Blue. It's kind of a long story. I don't want to bore you with, with all the details. So I'll I, tell I, our I listeners, by the way, go back through the Paracast archives, check the various appearances from James Fox, and you'll understand Out of the Blue and all the background, so you don't have to have them repeated here. You can watch Out of the Blue on Netflix, too. You know, I we finished Out of the Blue in 2003, and we sold it to NBC Universal and Sci-Fi Channel broadcasted. But we were kind of out of steam, and we'd lost, you know, we were out of financing, and uh, all my co-producers, we, we'd all kind of had enough, and we were working on it pretty aggressively for five years. But there were aspects of the film that I really felt like I didn't uh, button up, I didn't accomplish. And so when I got a letter from NBC Universal a couple of years after, I think in 2006, saying that they were not going to renew the broadcast option, I didn't think they would anyway, I decided to kind of revisit the film and kind of revamp it because I had bigger aspirations for that movie in terms of distribution. So I, I picked the film back up and kind of against, uh, it was very difficult to persuade my, my, my co-producers to do it, but long story short, we did. And uh, it kept expanding. We did, I think, 35 40% new material and... and um, we, I broke that story with the governor of Arizona and kind of catapulted us into the limelight for a little bit back in 2006, 2007. 
and the film kept progressing, and uh, there were some agents that that uh, I brought on board that that felt that you know it was possible to put a film like that in theaters if I kept kind of you know modifying the film, and so I kept massaging it, massaging it for a couple of years. And then eventually it morphed into I Know What I Saw. And my goal with I Know What I Saw was to create a film on the subject of UFOs uh, with some of the most solid evidence, the cases of which a lot of you know ufologists are very familiar with. But I wanted to pick good, solid, vetted cases. And I wanted to create something that, that could be, you know, a theater, potentially be released in theaters. Well, I fell short of that goal, and that's a long story, but I, I, I certainly tried uh, for many, many years. And once again, I ran out in 2009 of, of funding. I'd gone through three or four separate funders. I had to buy out my previous partners. I kept pushing and pushing and pushing until I was, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And a deal came on the table from A&E on the History Channel, and my investors wouldn't let me pass it up. And, you know, and everyone says, well, you know, you did really well, and you got the History Channel, and you made your money back, and blah, blah, blah. But that wasn't my goal. I mean, I didn't spend years and years and years of my life uh, to create another television documentary, I was really had bigger dreams for it. But you know, like I said, I mean, there, was, there was a large enough money, money that I was in debt over that I, you know, in fairness to my investors, that put hundreds of thousands of dollars in it, we, we couldn't pass it up. So it, we did the deal, and it went out. And I remember being kind of disappointed with the whole thing. And my dad pulled me aside, and he's like, "Oh, son, you know, don't don't get so hard on yourself. Look at what you did accomplish. You know, you should really pat yourself on the back." Blah blah blah. So anyway, so I kind of brushed that off, and I started getting involved with other projects, and I really wasn't sure where I could go after that. And I was work- I'm was i working on a film that I've just entered into Sundance Film Festival, Cross Your Fingers, pretty slick on the BP oil spill. I get a call from Tracy Torme, and uh, he's like, hey, he just happened to see one of the rerun shows on History Channel, of I Know What I Saw, and he really wanted to talk to me. So long story short, he says, you know, I've had this dream, and I wasn't going to revisit UFOs. I've got so many other interests, but I decided after seeing your film and a couple of other things, read Leslie Kane's book, I guess, to, uh, you know, to give it one more shot in this, in this field. And, um, and his dream was, you know, a, theatrical, a, a UFO documentary feature that could be, you know, be released in films, festivals, uh, sorry, theaters. I said, Tracy, that was my dream as well, and that's one of the hopes I had with the uh, newer version of Red of the Blue, and once again, and with I Know What I Saw, and I failed. And so having a A-list script writer on board, we decided to kind of team up. And, uh, you know, everyone's saying, well, how are you guys going to make this thing different? What hasn't been done? How are you going to put it in theaters? And Tracy said, well, you know, I think the our approach should be, and I've started believing this more and more, the more I've learned, well, the more I learned about the, the whole field, the more I realize how much I don't know. And, you know, Tracy said, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to think after 25, 30 years of, of research that, you know, everyone thinks it's this huge big cover-up, and in some respects there is a cover-up, but in other respects the very reasons for that cover-up might be entirely different. And maybe we should consider this approach, and that is, yes, they're clearly real, but maybe the reason for this big cover-up is the fact that the government just doesn't know. They don't they have a clue. Out, <laughs> They're yeah, more they confused than we could ever be. Exactly. So, yeah, there is tangible evidence being withheld from the general public of their existence, but that doesn't mean that they know anything more than, you know, than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, they know they're real. Maybe they don't know where they're coming from. Maybe they don't know what they're doing here. Maybe they, we have no idea. I mean, we're, we're like in kindergarten, you know. So we really, I really like this, this approach. And so 701... We're going to be dealing with other cases, not just cases from Project Blue Book, but we kind of like the, 
the idea of 701, the ambiguity of it. Like, first of all, from a, from a marketing standpoint, it's, it could get people talking and nice, create a little buzz. But what the number actually represents is what the government didn't know. And that is the 701 cases out of 12,618 from Project Blue Book and Sign and Grudge that they couldn't explain and that they were labeled unidentified. And so it's more symbolic, the number. It doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be dealing just with those cases. We're looking for more recent cases as well. But that's, that's in a nutshell, um, what we want to do and what we want to accomplish with 701 is to create a documentary feature film for a worldwide theatrical release. Okay. In addition to Sicaro, were there any other important cases that Ray Stanford presented that you're going to talk about in the film? Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, Ray's sitting on some filmed footage of some stuff, and there are one of the things that was brought up early on before we even met with Ray was, why don't we talk about the possible physics behind these things? What do we know? And, and I think it's a great idea. Obviously, we're going to have to speculate to a certain extent, but speculate on informed speculation, I would say. Yeah, and, but Ray, Ray is sitting on the only information that really even addresses that subject, really. And Ray, you know, kind of solidified that for me, that whole visit, was that these are aspects, I think, that clearly need to be addressed and mentioned in the film. By doing so, you know, bringing in some people, uh, Ray and, and people like Ray, to talk about the possible physics behind these objects, which I think is a fascinating angle of it. But that's not going to be the obviously clearly the only thing we want to do. We want to talk about review different hypotheses possibly and people that could, I know it's going to be once again kind of speculation, but that's something that I never really explored with. I know what I saw. We talked more about, you know, cases and, and you saw the evidence and you heard from the witnesses, but then we didn't really go any further on it. Do you know what I mean? Well, the big thing so here, boring. the big thing here, James, is that there are theories other than E.T., but that doesn't mean necessarily conventional explanations. There are other things that might be going on that need to be explored. Now, let me ask you, too, which will be the obvious question. It's going to be strictly about UFOs. You won't go into possible relationships with other stuff. Uh, what do you mean by that? Sorry, I'm not quite clear on that question. Okay, well, the fact that UFO sightings are sometimes seeing connection with sightings of strange creatures and other stuff like that. The yeah, high strange talked, stuff. We've talked internally about this because it's a very slippery slope, and we want to reach a very broad audience. And in doing so, we, we clearly need to take note that, you know, once you delve into some of the more bizarre, not that UFOs in general are bizarre, but when you start to really delve into some of the more truly bizarre aspects of the phenomenon, you know, one risks losing the interest of mainstream because we're not here to you know, preach to the choir. We want to appeal to a much broader audience because we feel that at least addressing some of these, presenting the evidence in a digestible fashion for mainstream. So yes, we want to address and we're, we're, we don't know right now. I mean, we're, we're kind of exploring how far out we're going to go. And it really depends on what we come up with and review and consider. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, for instance, we're, we're opening the whole movie right now with a close encounter of the third kind. I mean, that's great place to start that in the X-Files in 92. Well, what, yeah, what, is, pretty, what are your pretty, main keystone cases besides Socorro and Roswell that you're going to be focusing on? I'm assuming, assuming you're going to touch on Roswell. We'll have the okay. answer to that question coming up in a moment. James Fox joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are 
The GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Can you pluck a chicken in about 90 seconds? You can with Power Plucker. Plucking by hand is a chore, but the Power Plucker makes it fast and easy. Simply chuck Power Plucker into your power drill and watch those feathers fly off. Save time and money with our complete home processing kits, too. For free USA shipping and 10% discount, go to PowerPlucker.com and enter promo code RADIO. PowerPlucker.com, the only drill-powered poultry plucker. The Obama administration is targeting people just like you. The IRS, FBI, and NSA are scrambling to collect every bit of information about you. Find out how to protect yourself from government spies at privacyradio.com. But hurry, they do not want you to know about this. It's the story of an American patriot and his struggle against big government. Don't wait. This video could mysteriously go down at any time. Go to privacyradio.com before it's too late. That's privacyradio.com. There are those curious about Bitcoins and those using and making money with Bitcoins. What are Bitcoins? A Bitcoin is the first decentralized currency that can be easily transferred from person to person over the Internet. No bank needed. This means lower fees and accounts can never be frozen, limited or closed. You are in control of your money. And the best part? You can start earning and making money with Bitcoins right away. No computer or expertise is required to earn money with Bitcoins, and a growing number of merchants now accept Bitcoins. Plus, they're easily exchanged for dollars, euros, and more. Learn more about the easiest, cheapest, most profitable way to enter the Bitcoin market and get paid every two weeks by one of the fastest-growing Bitcoin miners in the world at cloudhashing.com. Just like it sounds, cloudhashing.com. That's cloudhashing.com. We mine your business. Many Americans suffer from poor digestion, which can adversely affect their health. For you guys who have digestive issues, glutathione is amazingly important for inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, stomach cancer. The glands of the stomach produce lots of glutathione. So glutathione's got multiple roles to play, and one of the best ways to upregulate to make more glutathione is to take the building blocks, glycine being one of the most important of the building blocks for making glutathione. Your ultimate enzymes contain something called 
trimethylglycine. We know it as betaine. We talk about betaine as an important ingredient for acidification, for keeping the pH of the stomach nice and low. But betaine can also help you make glutathione. Help your body build glutathione. Order Ultimate Enzymes by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470 or on the web at brightsideben.com. That's brightsideben.com. Order today. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Chris, as you know, will always ask a question, almost always, at the end of a segment, giving you a couple of minutes to digest the question and giving our guest a chance to come up with an answer. James Fox, you're joining us today. The film is 701, the working title. Chris asked you a question just ahead of the break. What's your response? Yeah, what, what, yes, what are the key, the key cases that you, you're going to be kind of adorning the rest of the uh, piece on? Socorro's one. Are you going to be mentioning Roswell, for instance? Uh, what other cases we, are you going to look at? We've been talking with Don Schmidt uh, about some uh, possible new angles on Roswell. We're, we're on the fence with it right now. I mean, there's a possibility if we come up with some really new, compelling evidence that we would consider uh, touching on Roswell because it's a part of the whole history, you know. Um, we want to obviously give a broad stroke sort of snapshot, I guess, uh, history of, you know, ufology. I mean, the, starting with, I mean, we can go way back, but in terms of the modern day, the wave of 47, you know, the issue, the uh, Capitol building being buzzed in 52, we've been talking a lot about that. Don Schmidt's been pointing us at some possible new um, evidence with the whole Roswell case. Because if we have some new, interesting, compelling stuff, then we would. But we're exploring all of this stuff. There's some cases like the Rui Zimbabwe case in Africa that I've been pushing hard for. I think it's really compelling with all the school children. Right, the one that John uh, Mack uh, went fairly early on and investigated. I've been kind of pushing hard for that one just because, I, I don't know, it's something very compelling about all the testimony of those articulate 8- to 12-year-old school children and, you know, close encounter of the third kind once again. And that's dealing with some pretty radical stuff like telepathy and things like that. Right. But I find that, that case very compelling. I don't think there's hardly anything ever done on that case. Not, you know, not, uh, not really well done. I mean, there have been some segments. I think sightings covered at UFO Files. There, there have been a few, but how about Vahinia? Yeah, the Virginia case, you know, I initially, a couple years ago, I was very skeptical of that case because I remember thinking, come on, man, little creatures in the town, a UFO crap. I mean, really, 1996, I mean, this is not that long ago. It's like the, the Roswell of, of Brazil. And I was extremely skeptical, and I got invited to give a little presentation completely un- unrelated to, to, to Virginia uh, in, in, in Brazil. And uh, a friend of mine was like, oh, you're going to go to Brazil. You've got to look into the Virginia case. And I kind of looked. I'd heard about it, but I just said, oh, come on, man. You know, aliens walking through the town. I mean, please. And I went there twice. And after the second time I went, I am pretty well convinced that that happened. I met with some of the primary witnesses, the first-hand eyewitnesses that saw the, the creatures. They never said, you know, E.T. They thought it was more a manifestation of the devil. Right. These women were absolutely terrified. Yeah. It has plagued them to death. They were offered money by the Air Force to recant their statements and say that they lied. They didn't do that. It's ruined their lives, basically. They can't yeah. get jobs locally because, you know, I met with these people. I met with members of 
of the of, so uh, so are you going to cover that in seven oh one? I'm so sorry. You're going to cover that in seven oh one? I'm pushing for it. I'm pushing for it. Uh, okay, I'm how about Kolaris? Uh, have you done anything about the uh, 79 through 81 cases at I the looked, mouth of the I, I Amazon? In, yeah, I looked into that where the people got zapped. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely looked into that while I was there. That's a very interesting case as well, and it's, um, you know, recent enough. I think it was at 79 or something? Yeah, 7980. Uh, Bob Pratt, of course, uh, the longtime investigator for, of all people, the National Enquirer, he wrote a book about it. Of course, Jacques Vallée covered it in his book, Confrontations. Um, there's a lot of very compelling evidence, including autopsy reports on people that were killed by UFOs. Yeah, it's a crazy story. And I haven't looked in. I, I remember reading all about it when I was there and, and actually talking, because I was investigating Virginia, and then some researchers there were like, well, you got to know about it. It's like Operation Plateau or something like that, I think they called it. Mm, yeah, I forget the actual uh, Brazilian Air Force uh, uh, designation, but the films that they, the Air Force, by the way, uh, took have yet to be declassified, although they claim they've declassified all the evidence that they have in their files. Uh, they've given over to civilian investigators, but the film footage that we know was taken of some huge mothership craft that are discharging the chupas, the small refrigerator-sized craft that went through the jungle and zapped people at night, uh, I think 14, if I remember correctly. That footage has never been revealed to the public, and the full story of the Brazilian Air Force investigation has never been revealed. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I talked to a guy who was a, my translator, actually, at my presentation, whose father was a general in the Brazilian Air Force, and his father was... Uh, got cancer, and I guess the son had constantly been asking his father about you know the reality of UFOs. And then when his father realized he had cancer, he brought his son in, and I met his son and spent time with his son a number of days. And he was shown photographic evidence, conclusive photographic evidence of cases throughout Brazil for decades. That um, you know he he was I think he was given five minutes with the, with the folder. And he's, uh, you know, he he talked a little bit about that, and that wouldn't surprise me if some of that evidence was was that case in '79. But the kid said it was it was irrefutable photographic evidence. Wow, that'd be great stuff to see on the big screen, bro. You hear these stories. I mean, I could give you. People have been criticizing me for putting out a hundred thousand dollar reward for evidence. I mean, to be honest with you, if I had a million dollars, I would put it in the. I would somehow create a a, a prize in the most transparent way possible where any of this evidence would see the light of day. I mean, granted, I know over all the interviews I've been, I know there's a lot of hokey stuff out there. Believe me, I'm very aware of that. But hey, Ray just, Stanford should I mean, win that prize. Well, you know, going back to some of the people like uh, Gordon Cooper that I interviewed uh, in, in the 90s, talking about the filmed footage of a landed saucer at Edwards Air Force Base. I mean, it sounds kind of really out there, but... You know, there are cases at Holloman Air Force Base and Edwards Air Force Base, Vandenberg Air Force Base, where I've met with military officers that told us about filmed evidence of a landed UFO. I mean, that would be pretty damn remarkable, obviously, and I'm quite convinced that that stuff exists. Ray's got some amazing film footage. He didn't, I didn't get it. Unfortunately, I saw the each scanned frame, but I didn't get to see the film played. But I'm really trying to encourage Ray to, to have that stuff transferred because I think that it should, it's time. Yeah, you and me both. But, but in terms of the awe factor of a landed craft at Holloman filmed officially or Edwards, you know, I'm quite convinced that stuff does exist. 
maybe uh, with the right dollar amount, uh, it, it would resurface. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, there's other countries, for instance, I know in Brazil, you were just talking about stuff. Uh, you know, maybe one of these retired officers could sneak some of this stuff out for the right price. I, I don't know. I have a question yes. to ask you, James, before we go on. And that is, should we think that all this supposedly secret information is being held by the government, or are they possibly funneling it off to private industry because that gives them plausible deniability? Well, we don't know anything about it. We're telling you the truth because some private company out there, not accountable to anyone, has it. Well, you know, I did a video a couple of years ago in San Diego for a woman named Jan Seacrest. It was just a video. It was a, a little, I do editing and film stuff on the side, and I was doing a the lifespan of her husband, who's in his 80s, really fun stuff. And uh, very well-to-do uh, couple lived in the hills in uh, San Diego. And uh, she said, oh, James, what else, you know, what, what are your other interests? And I, of course, reluctantly brought up UFOs and expecting her to kind of laugh. And she said, well, gosh, you know, there's something I, I'd like to tell you. Uh, when I was um, uh, in college, the guy who was across from our dorm was General Nathan Twining's son. And back in, I think it was either the 50s, late 50s, he one night was having drinks with her and her girlfriend in their dorm room. And he told her, and this is she, you know, her mouth to my ears, she said he, he had a couple drinks in him one night, and he told us that his father had shown him uh, in an underground room in the Pentagon all this incredible UFO evidence and photographic evidence and filmed evidence. And there was a whole vault underneath the Pentagon. She's like, I've been sitting on that story since he told me that back in the late 50s, I think it was. The late 50s or early 60s. And I'm in touch with her to this, to this day. Of course, I'm trying to track down Nathan Twining's son. I've been trying. She's been actually trying to help me do that as well. But, you know, you hear these little tidbits and you think, boy, it makes sense. And then you hear, you know, uh, Gordon Cooper, Mercury astronaut Gordon Cooper, tell me both on and off camera that he personally held some of this evidence in his hands of a landed saucer filmed evidence, and it was, you know, couriered off to Washington never to see the light of day. They've got to be keeping this stuff somewhere. Yeah, have right? a nickel for all the gun camera footage that they must have, just just that alone. I know. Believe me, I know. And I know that stuff exists. I'm just, I'm absolutely convinced. But what is it going to take to get it out? I don't know, you know. I've, I've, we have a couple, we currently have a couple of leads on a few things that I'm following, you know, you have to, you have to follow up every, every possible lead on this stuff. And well, let me know if, lead, if you know, you the vast some... majority of them I'm sure is going to lead to nowhere, but we, you know, I continue to try because I know it's out there. Here's some of what's out there. What's out there is doing this break very briefly with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. 
We, the people, grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Attention, citizens of Northern Arizona. Are you prepared? If not, now's your chance to get prepared at the Arizona Survivalist Prepper Expo. August 24th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Tim's Toyota Center in Prescott Valley. Visit with Arizona-based and national suppliers of such items as freeze-dried foods, solar ovens, solar equipment, tactical gear, camping gear, water filtration supplies, and much more. Do you need a bug-out bag? Do you need to stock up on freeze-dried food? Are you curious what a solar oven is? Take a tour of the ultimate bunker, a portable above or below ground survival shelter. Visit with doomsday prepper stars from around Arizona, such as Tim Ralston of Gear Up and Brian Moffat of Extreme Defense USA. Informative speakers will be providing valuable insight every hour on such topics as long-term food storage and emergency first aid skills. Bring your family, bring your friends, bring your neighbors. We won't rest until every citizen in Arizona is prepared. Visit our website, ArizonaSurvivalistShows.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have James Fox joining us. The film is called 701. Before you continue with our discussion of the previous segment, is that the final title or just a working title until something better comes along? Well, as of right now, it's the title. But if something better comes along, we'll, <laughs> we'd certainly consider it. Well, I, I was going to say before we went to break, James, that you know you have a lot of research um, that you need to have done to chase down, you know, some of these particular cases and and little factoids uh, that would help. Let me know. I will be more than willing to put together a team of crack research, uh, you know, helpers that will go ahead and assist you in whatever, you know, area that you need some help with. So don't hesitate to ask. Uh, We've got some really bright people that – Write in questions at forum.theparacast.com, including this one, which was asked three times in the same post. Did you ever hit on Erin Ryder? If so, did she appear interested? And is she as hot in person as she is on screen? <laughs> nope, never hit on her. <laughs> she's, she she's looked like a toughie when I met her, man, on the lobby. Oh, man, she seemed all sweet and everything, but, boy, she's a handful. <laughs> but, no, de- never hit on her. Well, I just, you know, I forgot to ask that one earlier. Um, <laughs> so, um, Tracy is what? Uh, where, where are you in the process? Do you have any sort of idea of when you're going to go into post? I know you've done uh, uh, several dozen interviews by now. Um, do you have a, a sense of when you're going to be going into post and kind of calling it you know, the stop, the stop, uh, you know, clack that clacker and then boom, going to post? 
Well, what we're doing right now is we're, we're doing on-camera interviews with, with researchers and with witnesses. And um, we've got a second round coming up in October. And there are obviously going to be, um, you know, other witnesses that we're reaching out to, some of which are more high-profile than others. And um, so the vast majority of those interviews should be complete in the next, not, not all of them, but the vast majority, I'd say, should be completed by uh, November. And then uh, Tracy is going to carefully review uh, a lot of that. We're going to look, we're going to whittle it down to some of the best uh, cases and evidence that we've got, and, and, and he's going to write a script, um, at which point, you know, we'll incorporate other cases into the overall narrative. Right. And that will happen probably start happening in November, December of this year. And post-production probably, you know, one could start theoretically doing stuff um, as early as uh, five months, but, you know, we've got a lot of recreations to do. Like, we want to do cinematic recreations with... Oh, cool. Um, yeah, with like you know the Socorro case, but you know you got well, we'll hey, that's, real that's big dollar stuff, man. I hope you got your funding yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know that's where the script will come in, and a lot of the you know the the, the interviews with the researchers and the witnesses and stuff. That's what we're trying to chisel, chisel away at now, and then also you know get our hands on some of the archived interviews. Right. Um, so you know we're all reviewing this stuff. We're basically trying to see what we come up with. We have a fairly clear idea of some of the uh, cases that we're covering, but we're researching new cases, too. So, um, well, and Plus the, the addition of, of Ray Stanford into the equation. Um, you, you got how many hours, six hours of uh, interview footage with him? Which I am, so, I am so jealous, man. Yeah, we interviewed him for, I mean, gosh, five or six, I would say probably five hours. Five hours. Okay, I'm jealous, and uh, I, you owe me one. I he brought a yeah, camera no, with he, me. When I went out to the citizens hearing, I had a camera with six hours of footage and didn't get one second. So, oh, off, bro. he gave such a, and a great animated uh, interview. He was really, really good. He got very excited. He he referenced things, dates, witnesses. He retold the story in a way that was just so he was so animated that you really could relive his experience yeah. and to have the opportunity to interview someone who is at the landing site within days of one of the most significant, certainly cases that was made public, uh, was just such a, it was just, uh, it was such a golden opportunity. I was really, really, really happy that I, that, and thank you, Chris, for making that happen. You know, I really do appreciate it. Well, you told me in a, in a text that, uh, your reality view had been irrevocably changed or, or yes. I'll never look at reality yes. the same again. Yes. You know, it just, it, it just, it's a reminder, it's a constant reminder of, you know, changing the filter and looking at things slightly differently. Right. Well, Ray has got a special pair of glasses on, and I'm I'm really happy that you were able to uh, to get in, uh, you know, kind of get into his good graces. He's very difficult, as you know, to uh, to be with, and and you really have to be uh, you have to be on your uh, on your best game, really, to be around him because he is so like like you said, so kind of 
uh, head and shoulders above us in terms of his observational acuity that it's kind of hard for him to sort of educate you as he shows you what what's going on. And the fact that you were able to hang with him for eight days, man, my hat's off to you. Well, thank you. You know, I said that to him at one point, I think on day five, I said, boy, it must be really frustrating for you, someone who's paid such close attention to detail and someone who's who's done so much research and sees so much that others don't. It must be frustrating for you to go through life. He said it, it's incredibly frustrating. You know, could you imagine? I, I couldn't. Love- I mean, I, I, if it was me, I would be a hell of a lot more cantankerous than he is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I literally said that. I said, it must be really frustrating for you, Ray. He's like, yeah, it, it is. And especially when you, you, you can't get other researchers to even look at what you're doing, um, to sit down and take the time and, and do it. And, it. and it does take a little time. Well, but, and the um, frustration of having the naysayers out there, like, uh, putting up very, uh, um, just, I don't know, um, insulting kind of, you know, hits on your personality and, and all this disinformation and misinformation that's that's on the web about Ray, um, it must be incredibly difficult to be in that position. But, you know, I, I must say, James, I really admire that you and Tracy have teamed together. I've told several people that I have been called out on many interviews to do for the media uh, over 20 years. I, I'm up around 50, I think uh, 55 or something. And I've never been asked to come out with any sort of, of, of explanation of what it's about, whether I'm going to get paid, uh, you know, all those things that you normally ask when a Hollywood production uh, calls you up. When I got the call from Tracy that you and Tracy were going to put together this project and he said, can I fly you out? I said, I did not ask a single question except for when do you want me? And oh, I, would, I will really- never, ever say that again about any other production. I, I, I want to be public about this. You two are the perfect partnership to cover this subject. And I mean that. That is a, a, I, I don't say that you know, lightly. I admire your work. I admire Tracy's work. And both of your work together, I'm really, I'm so excited for you. And anything I can do and anything that this big Paracast listening forum can do for you let us know i really appreciate that and i i feel blessed you know i i literally um i, I learn a lot from tracy and i have so much to learn uh, you know one of the things i keep realizing the more i look into it is just how much i don't know indeed there's a lot to know for example if you want to know how to get in touch with us here's how you do it just send your email to news at the com. once again that's news at the com. Or send us a tweet. On Twitter, we are known as The Paracast. Once again, we're The Paracast on Twitter. And by the way, you can also check out our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com, forum.theparacast.com. Membership in our forums is free. I know that. We're going to learn more of what he knows and doesn't know. More fascinating conversation with James Fox. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the Earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies 
paranormal activity, and Fortean phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy. So you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called MicroPlant Powder Gold. MicroPlant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make MicroPlant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums 
at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we're back with James Fox. The movie he's working on with Tracy Torme and others is called Seven. And just a quick question about that. Obviously, you're basing that on the Project Blue Book results. But in general, there are probably 700,001 unexplained UFO cases, don't you think? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's more what the number represents. You know, it was Dr. Jalen Hynek talked about the fact that the cases that, you know, the less ambiguous, the more difficult to explain, that the Air Force would, you know, do handsprings to keep the media away from those. So, as the 12,618 cases investigated over, what, 48 to 69, 701 remained unexplained. And so it's, it's what it symbolizes to me, because a lot of people say, oh, well, all, you know, UFOs, extraterrestrial spacecraft, the question is, are any of them, or any, you know what I mean? <laughs> is anything, uh, when, when I say extraterrestrial, I mean not, you know, this, on this Earth. So... While we will be covering other cases that were after the termination of Blue Book in 69, we liked what it represented, the number what it represented. The, and the ambiguity for marketing purposes is kind of fun, too. Okay, now speaking of cases, obviously we talk a lot about the Roswell case. Everywhere it's Roswell. Now this week, of course, we're all talking about Area 51 because supposedly the CIA revealed information about Area 51. But what about some of those offshoot cases like Aztec? Now, I guess officially the Air Force never recognized it as existing. What do you think? Uh, I have limited knowledge of the Aztec crash. You're talking about, was it 1952, I think? or When, when did that happen? That was in March, was of, March of 1948. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Up until fairly recently, I was actually at the 2013 UFO Congress, and uh, I was approached by someone who's had had been investigating the case for quite some time and said they had a lot of a lot of really compelling evidence as well as on-camera statements from some of the original witnesses so it's kind of been on my uh, radar in the last few months but uh, i haven't personally investigated any further than that but i mean certainly we're open to we're exploring any good solid credible cases what do you think about what the government knows and of course scoggs mckay one of our forum regulars and an occasional guest on our show was talking about in his question a control group and if we go back to the 50s major donald kehoe was talking about the silence group and he said this is the agency or organization within the government that manages the ufo secrecy do you believe there is such a thing i kind of do um only because of enough witness testimony, I call it more of a preponderance of evidence in the sense that I've talked to enough people who have either had at one point in their possession very tangible evidence, not as the skeptics would say, anecdotal, (laughs) that has mysteriously disappeared or been sought after by some unknown government agency. And, you know, and these are very credible witnesses that I've talked to over the years. And then there's on-camera video testimony dating back to early 1950 from the McMinnville, Oregon case. Paul and his wife, uh, the Trents, and they talked about a, a, a gentleman from an unknown agency, whether it was the Air Force or someone else, that was that ransacked their house back in 1950. I've heard similar cases back in 1966 I, uh, with the Rex Heflin case. I, I, I have a family, dear family friend whose uncle took a photograph of a UFO back in the 70s, 
and it was published in local paper, and then he had, he was harassed by some unknown government agency. So I've seen this go on for quite some time. I mean, even the Rendlesham Forest case, 1980, I mean, uh, the base commander, Charles Hall, told me that some unknown agency showed up in England and sanitized a lot of the evidence. So this is happening, you know, time and time again. I could give countless examples. And we'd have I, to I do, do another show if you did do countless examples. <laughs> yeah, no, to, to answer your question, I do believe there is some... Uh, first of all, it's a pile of doggy doo doo. They say they're not <laughs> they're not researching this anymore. It's the termination of blue books. Absolute no- nonsense. We know that for sure. I don't know which agency, what acronym that is responsible. I think I suggested in another segment that maybe it's done in private industry. And of course, another question that follows this control group, silence group, is well, let's follow the lyrics from that song, Men in Black, from the movie. Here come the men in black. Then you have the chorus, which I won't repeat, the Galaxy Defenders. But the men in black that we always talk about are defending the secret. So did you explore any possible cases of men in black? No. No. I, I, I mean, gosh, men in black. I mean, you can call the, the, the 1997 Phoenix Lights case where you had a Vietnam vet on the roof of his house with his video camera on tripod trying to get a glimpse of the Hellbob comet. And he had a little, he was listening to, he was monitoring radio, radio chatter from the truckers coming up on I-10. Apparently he heard them talking about this massive craft that was coming towards him. And he allegedly got great footage of this thing as it flew directly over his house. And he contacted Frances Barwood. They talked, she was councilwoman at the time, um, with Governor Fife Simonton, who, you know, he said, hey, would you be interested in seeing this footage? He'd been having lots of inquiries and, and people asking questions. So, of course, she said, yes, we'd love to have it. They made arrangements for him to drop it off at her office. And I think it was a day or two later, two men show up at his house in suits saying they're from Francis Barwood's office. And apparently he was quite relieved that's all he wanted was the video footage. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks went by. He never heard from her. He gave her a call. He said, well, what did you think of the footage? She said, well, I never got it. And, you know, so I, got, I, I verified all this stuff. But, you know, they were two men in suit, dark suits. I mean, you want to call them men in black? I guess. <laughs> I don't know who they are. That's the classic man in black case. Well, I was there, I was pretending there to be someone. In, uh, yes. Like, you know, in 1997, 98. So, um, you know, I heard all the testimony regarding this and even spoke to one of the investigators who, who talked to the neighbors in, in this guy's community who claimed that, yeah, a government vehicle, a government looking vehicle pulled up. And it was hot. I think it was like in July or something. It was really hot in Phoenix. And they were, he said they thought it was kind of odd these guys were wearing suits, dark suits. So, I don't know. As I sit here, man, it's 104 in the shade here in the Phoenix area. So I feel Oh, know. wow. Wow. I don't know where you are right now, but I am feeling jealous because it has to be a lot cooler than that. I'm in Northern California. We're right on the ocean. We've got the ocean breeze blowing through. It's, about, it's, a, it's a cool 65 degrees. <laughs> Okay, so you have to, you need the guest room prepared for myself, my wife, and our little Bichon, teddy bear. Okay. I'll, so, I'll have the couch ready. You see, this is a big filmmaker, and what does he have? He has a couch. So, a very quick question before we go to our next segment that is, over the course of your UFO related documentary filmmaking, anyone come to you who might be a government agent or somebody trying to play the disinformation game with you not much time for an answer uh no 
<laughs> the answer is simply no. The only thing I've ever had was right after I did the National Press Club event in 2007, I got an email that said, stop doing what you're doing or I'll put you to Z. And the Z's got progressively smaller. And that was it. Maybe he just felt that you were boring him to death, you know? Uh, well, maybe I was putting him to sleep. I don't know. Maybe the, the evidence wasn't as compelling as I thought it was for him. That's how you go. But when the film comes out, then we'll have to see for everyone. James Fox is his name, and movie making is his game. That's a bad rhyme. The film is called 701. <laughs> With Gene and Chris, you're in. The Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hi there. My name is Frank Bates. What I'm about to tell you in the next 60 seconds could get me in a lot of trouble. I just created a free video presentation at 123coverup.com that exposes the electricity monopolies and government agencies for what they really are, incompetent, lying crooks that are counting on your ignorance and fear to keep your power bills criminally high. Some have called this a conspiracy. Others have called it a cover-up, and you will be shocked to find out how deep the conspiracy goes. My video at 123coverup.com exposes the truth and shows you the secret of how I beat them and how you can beat them too. Watch the controversial video that thousands of other smart patriots have already seen in the last three months. Go to 123coverup.com and discover one weird trick to slash your power bill and protect your home. Go watch my video now at 123coverup.com before they force me to shut it down. Again, that's 123coverup.com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Tees. Renovate your health one bag at a time. How's your pH today? Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? 
What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. Spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 800-518-7615. 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and with Chris, we have James Fox talking about this new project called 701. These, of course, represent the sightings left unexplained by the Air Force after all was said and done. You know what that reminds me of? After all is said and done, there's a lot more said than done. Okay. Boy, ain't that the truth. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> kind of reminds you of politics a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't even want to get into politics because then we start Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> no, that gets to be kind of crazy. We get into politics yeah, right? and we got to argue about that. But right now, I think that today, no matter what the subject, you can't learn what's going on by just watching cable news because that's a reality show they make it up depending on their political persuasion oh my gosh i remember it's so funny you know i grew up with that television because my dad always said it would make my eyeballs square and so and we lived kind of out in the sticks and we we, we didn't even have cable i mean you could get like those old bunny ears and kind of rotate them the right direction maybe pick up a couple of stations and but you know, but I've obviously clearly been over to friends' house. They've had TV and stuff. But I remember about like ten or twelve years ago, I popped on the news at a hotel room in in Las Vegas, and there was just somebody ranting and raving and just tirade about what to think. And I just thought, what is this? This isn't news. This is some idiot's opinion. And like, just give me the facts and let me make up my own mind. Thank you very much. But that's unfortunately what it's kind of whittled down to on both sides of the fence. You can't believe anyone, anybody, and you wonder here, when it comes to UFOs, exactly whether it's deliberate or just part of the scheme. It doesn't matter what the subject is. They'll find a way to mess it up or spin it in a certain way. I can't tell you how many times I've been on television with the newscaster person, and they have this sort of incredulous look on their face, and then they have to have the little hokey little green saucer fly through the screen, you know. It's just like, come on, man. And then if you've looked into a particular case, and there are a lot of cases that I haven't looked into, but a few cases that I've looked into quite thoroughly, well, certainly fairly thoroughly. I don't consider myself uh, a UFO researcher as much as I do as someone who a re- more reporter. I, I like to sit through things and present the evidence in a clear and unbiased kind of fashion. But it's so easy to shoot down the arguments used in mainstream media against their existence. But for the person that doesn't know, they could easily buy that argument. I could see that. 
And it's very frustrating when you hear, you know, someone like the Michael Shermer is talking about anecdotal evidence and stuff when you've been in the archives and you've seen diagrams of all this, you know, some of these very unambiguous cases that, you know, you can't discount. And, and it's frustrating to see that. You know, do you know what I mean? But for the mainstream, I mean, they give explanations. Oh, isn't that just a bunch of geese? Or what's, oh, I know, they, they explained that one. That was a... Wasn't that that was uh, military flares? It's like you know, oh, that was the White House. It's like oh well, God. We we have been seeing some progress. I mean, you don't see the Twilight Zone theme being played or Little Green Men jokes as much as you used to. Um, so you know, some of these these sighting reports and cases are being taken more seriously. But there's a long way to go, and I'm sure you'll agree. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I've talked to Tracy about, we butted heads a little bit, but as Tracy says, you know, this is all part of the process, and, uh, you know, I'll have certain suggestions, but in terms of marketing, I, I try to, I've always envisioned 701 in some respects as being the real-life close encounters. What I mean by that is, like, we're not talking about, you know, obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, the whole ending bit and the big chandelier that comes down and the creature's getting out, but I'm not talking about that, but a lot of, you know, down to Dreyfus's face being burned by the object and the shapes and the flight characteristics and all those things, you know. Uh, right, the 13 directly. astronauts, Project Serpo, boarding the craft. Coming right out of Project Blue Book Files, I kind of like the idea from a marketing standpoint. If, you know, what is it exactly that you're doing, your elevator pitch, think of it as the real-life close encounters. And that's kind of, in a sense, what, what you know, we're trying to accomplish. We we understand that there's a need for you know entertainment, but if we could do it with with laser-like accuracy and really be- beautiful sweeping cinematic recreations and real evidence and real witnesses whenever possible, then uh, you know I think we'd have a winner on our hands. You know, we probably have some more questions left from the audience, Chris. Uh, here's one. Uh, let's kind of boil it down uh, and find out what James Fox really thinks. This comes from Jeff Crowell. He's one of our administrators at forum.theparacast.com. And he says, what is your current hypothesis on the origins of the UFO phenomenon? Off-world, ET, ultra-dimensional, ultra-terrestrial? What's your, uh, where do you come down? I honestly, it, it seems like such a neat little label just to say extraterrestrial. But the more I learn, the more I realize that I just don't think that one could do that. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of, possibly all of the above uh, theory at this point. But I just, I, I got to be honest with you, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think any of us are. But um, here's one from another one of our administrators, uh, Gogs Mackay. What are your thoughts on any quote-unquote control group? i.e. an unacknowledged, all-powerful official body that keeps the UFO enigma off the front page and forever associated with silly stuff. Do you think there is a control group? Well, I, I think that you look into the Robertson panel, and there was a policy shift after the pretty big policy shift right around that time in the early 50s where you, you suddenly are introduced to this whole ridicule factor that you know, let's let's not deny it. Let's just adopt this policy of ridicule. It was a very effective campaign. You know, you just laugh at people who claim to have seen them. It a discourages people to come forward, and when they do, they get laughed at. Because you think about it, I mean, what's is, what's really funny about an airline pilot or a radar operator talking about these things? 
You know, just because we can't explain it, is it is it is it really that funny? I don't think it's that funny. To me, it's like we should we should look into it. You know, but that you know that that shift seemed to have happened right around the Robertson panel time in fifty three, fifty two, fifty three. Yeah, so I mean, it's always been obvious to me that um, somebody's uh, keeping you know close tabs on what's going on, at least in the civilian side of ufology. Here's another question from Jeff Crow, again one of our administrators. I got to say one more thing. This is really sure. odd, but people often say, "Oh, well, you know, what is it about the these you know men in dark suits or men in black or wearing like that?" Well, I, I don't know enough about the so-called men in black. But I do know on a number of cases, uh, dating back as early as 1950, I have archive, i just give one example, I can give multiple examples, I have archive interviews of the Trents, Paul Trent and his wife, I don't remember his wife's name was unfortunately, talking clearly about a representative from some unknown agency, could have been the Air Force, she wasn't sure, that ransacked her house and turned her place upside down looking for either the negatives or further photographic evidence of what they documented. Uh, Which was the famous McMinnville series of photographs from, I think, 1953, if I I remember correctly. I think it's 1950. 50, okay, the McMinnville, Oregon photographs. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Trents, Paul Trent, I think, took the photographs. But, you know, I've got filmed footage of her giving an interview in the 80s talking about these Man, this man that showed up from—I think—I think she said it was the Air Force. I have to look at ransacking her place, basically. And then I've got uh, evidence to suggest similar things happened with the 1966 Rex Heflin photographs. Um, got men from government agencies claiming to be, you know, either from—gosh, what was that? Not the NSA, some other three-letter organization. But um, I researched a case back in the 90s when we had the Phoenix Lights case. And uh, there was a gentleman who was a Vietnam vet who was standing on his roof trying to get a closer look at the Hellbob Comet. And he uh, had filmed this object. He heard he was scanning the radio chit-chatter from the truckers, and he heard this, these truckers talking about this craft. And he's like, wow, it's coming right towards me. And lo and behold, the craft flew right overhead. We have James Fox joining us for one more segment. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Do you own the IRS money that you can't pay? 
Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. It's hurricane and wildfire season again. Why do thousands of people sit in these reoccurring problem areas year after year, betting their lives that the disaster won't get them? Hundreds of you helped eFoods Direct ship 50,000 donated meals to the Oklahoma victims. The problem is we can't help everybody. If every one of us who can will take care of ourselves, we can all pitch in to take care of those who really can't. The new just-in-case pack from eFoods Direct is the big brother to the seven-day emergency pack designed for Oklahoma disaster donations. It contains a two-month supply for one person, or a one-month supply for two adults, or a two-week supply for a family of four. The $320 price is $50 less than retail. Call 800-409-5633 on the web eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Order two or more, get 10% off, free shipping applies. Call 800-409-5633 on the web eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Hi, my name is DeRay, suffering from migraines, having Botox injections in my head and neck to alleviate pain, costing $1,500 out of my pocket. I discovered Dr. Ortman and Gentle Touch Chiropractic Adjustment called NUCA. I'm migraine-free since my first adjustment. Thanks for giving me my life back, Dr. Ortman. I wish they prescribed you instead of Botox. Thanks, DeRay. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the solution. We design a nutritional supplement program the body can handle and actually absorb, providing nutrients, targeting the problem area. Between NUCA and nutrition, we will have you on the road to a faster and more permanent recovery. Look us up on the web at drwartman.com or call 952-303-9124. Let us help you feel better faster. Wellspring Spinal Care at 952-303-9124. Again, that's 952-303-9124. Or on the web at drortman.com. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Our last segment of our visit, this time with James Fox. The film is 701. You were telling us about a sighting. Would you continue, please, James? Yeah, so, I mean, the point I was basically making is that there are a number of cases that I've personally either looked into or seen, uh, you know, testimony to suggest that there's some unknown government agency uh, that has uh, pretty good listening or <laughs> monitoring capabilities looking for, for evidence. And I could go on, you know, until we've gobbled up all of our time, but I'll finish this last story. And that was... This guy basically filmed the object or whatever it was that flew over, right over his roof from a camera with a tripod because he was trying to get filmed footage of the Hellbob Comet. Well, he called Francis Barwood, 
who was council member at the time and said, hey, I've got this footage, would, be, would you be interested? She said, well, absolutely we'd be interested. They made arrangements for him to drop the footage off at her office, I think the next day or a couple of days later. I think it was that day or the very next day, two men in suits showed up at his house, knocked on the door, quite intimidating, saying they were from Francis Barwood's office to pick up the footage. He thought, well, I was going to drop it off, but we're here to pick it up. I guess it saves me the trip. And he said, I was quite relieved that that's all they wanted. But, but he said, it was kind of odd. They were in suits. It was a very hot day. And, um, you know, of course, the footage never made it to Francis Barwood's office. And I talked to Francis at length about it, and I also spoke at the time with a guy who personally investigated the case, and the neighbors had actually seen a vehicle pull up and two men you know, getting out and be going to the guy's door. So there's a number of these cases that have happened. So it seems like the better the evidence, the more likely it is that someone's going to show up and try to get their hands on it. And if they're hot chicks, be extra careful. <laughs> But, you know, everyone says, oh, how is that possible? How could they possibly be listening? How is that? I know. Well, I don't know. But Here, here's, here's a bombshell for everybody out there, which uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say, but I just spent over a week in New Mexico copying laboriously file after file and police report after police report and uh, bringing it back for, you know, my process of writing my book, uh, Stalking the Herd, on the cattle mutilation phenomenon. And when I got home and unpacked my luggage, my entire file, about five pounds of paperwork, was gone. You're kidding. No. No, I'm not Did kidding. In fact, one of the reasons why I'm leaving in about an hour is uh, to go uh, kind of <laughs> gather up some of the uh, research that uh, I don't have, that i spent a week trying to accumulate so uh i you know when people say oh there's nobody uh involved in all this i i'm not a conspiracy buff i don't you know buy into people watching me and monitoring my phones and all that but i find it very interesting that you know i take a bus from albuquerque to flagstaff and uh i end up missing a huge file of paperwork nothing else except uh, actually a bottle of water was uh, mysteriously disappeared so um you know, fortunately, I didn't have original copies or original um, versions of these documents. I'm I'm able to you know replace them all, but it's a pain in the ass. Uh, you know, it's like eight or nine hours of uh, extra work. Well, you know, I, I I I've heard so many of these accounts. Um, I mean, I just took a trip uh, with my fiance's uh, family back in Tennessee. They every year they go on a lake for a week, and one of the uh the wife of of her cousin was telling me that oh you're into ufos oh yeah you know my uncle shot a photograph of the of the you know countryside and inexplicably in two of the photographs this perfect you know disc showed up they published it in the local papers she's like i still have the local paper and lo and behold some someone from some government agency showed up at his house and tried to get it from him take it away from him and uh but i you know i've heard that so many times so there's clearly something to it again the glasses uh i'm helping fill the glass i'm not a you know half half empty kind of guy so we have to uh always assume a mundane explanation until proven extraordinary but but yeah you're right i mean these kinds of things crop up time and time and time again and unfortunately, I'm having to uh, to deal with the consequences of an inexplicable disappearance of five pounds of documentation. 
Um, go figure. I, I'm. Um, I can't really re- reveal names right now, but there's a there's a very well known, respected physicist who's delved into this subject matter on a number of occasions over the decades, and he recently approached me about um, some similar. Uh, evidence that he said, look, I don't know exactly what I have, but whatever it is, there seems to be a keen interest from some unknown government agency with a lot of power, a lot of influence. I said, what gives you that impression? He said, well, and he gave a couple of examples of how they got in. Uh, he still has some of this stuff, but how they got into his bank vault and how they got into the uh, lab where this analysis work was being done and disappeared two, on two separate occasions, this stuff. And he said, I spread it out all over the place, you know, fearing that exact scenario. I said, well, who do you think it is? He said, I don't know. Whoever it is, they've got a lot of influence and a lot of interest in what I have. Chris, any more questions? Yeah, I've got a ton of questions. But uh, here's one that I'm not sure what to make of, again, from Jeff Corral. If you could punch Josh Gates in the mouth, would you? I, I have no idea what that's about. Josh Gates, isn't that the guy that was on the Wi-Fi show? <laughs> I, I I don't know who is Josh Gates. I mean, Gene, help me wasn't out. He here. A, wasn't he on a sci-fi show or something? Uh, sure <laughs> I don't Josh know, Gates. but but you know that and about three questions about how hot Aaron was. Um, I, you know, you got me there. Okay, uh, let me see. You know, tell us about your 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 BP Horizon. You know, the golf uh, film that you were nice enough to give me a preview copy of uh i mean excellent work i mean what what is the status of that particular project right now we uh we had we've had one offer one rejection and i just it's funny um one of the networks said well it's just a little too political for us (laughs) that was kind of funny but uh i have entered it into the sundance film festival a couple of days ago so my fingers are crossed. We're entering into uh, a number of other film festivals as well, sort of as a fallback position. And we are still refining it. We're still, uh, you know, doing some work on it. But, you know, it uh, um, it's not extremely uh, an uplifting topic, I guess. <laughs> well, that's an understatement. Again, uh, what is what you, you know? I know the working title, but what is the final title? Is it has it remained the same? Uh, yeah, it's pretty slick. And, and anyone out there who wants to see the trailer, you just go to prettyslickthemovie.com and you can, you can watch the trailer online. Okay, good. That, that's what I was fishing for. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. And, I, you know, we're, we're looking for a good home for it. I mean, I spent three years making it, so we're in no, no hurry. We think it's, a, we, we think it's relevant. Uh, even well, I'm telling you, you were one of the only people that actually were able to sneak underneath the barricades and actually get the real story. I remember following your progress daily uh, three years ago, four years ago now, uh, and, and just saying, man, this guy, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's getting the real deal. And you actually flew over the area. Yeah, we did. We flew over the area with a marine scientist, Dr. Carl Safina. And it was apocalyptic what I saw it documented. I mean, I, I tell you, I just had no idea the magnitude, the scale of the spill until you fly over it and you see oil in every direction on the horizon as far as the eye can see. What do you think of um, Fukushima and the, the recent revelations that are coming out that a minimum of 300 million gallons a day are being pumped out into uh, the Pacific Ocean from the, uh, the Daichai uh, nuclear plant? 
That is just terrifying. The whole thing. I mean, my God. <laughs> hey, I, I, I won't go to sushi bars anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I never eat sushi, so it doesn't matter. James Fox, tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Um, you can go to, you can Google, I know what I saw. I know what I saw, the movie.com. You can go to 701themovie.com. Or you can view a trailer of my pretty slick film on the BP oil spill at pretty slick themovie.com and if anybody out there has any evidence that we that, you know they'd like to submit or show me or talk to me about or any interesting aspects to a particular case i'm all ears hey, so you can dollars out there if you can slam dunk everybody let's slam dunk this chris has a site called ourstrangeplanet.com that's ourstrangeplanet.com you can find us on twitter where we are known as the Paracast. We are the Paracast on Twitter. There is a Paracast fan club on Facebook. In fact, there are two under one account. We'd like to make them one. Maybe someone will help us out. You're on the Paracast. James Fox, thank you for joining us this week on the show. Thank you guys for having me on. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.